We interrupt this podcast to bring you a clear understanding of how something called judicial philosophy profoundly affects your portfolio and how President Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court, Judge Neil Gorsuch, fares in this light. This is big, folks. I'm Brian Ellis. This is episode number 246. You're listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio, America's only podcast exclusively for affluent, self-directed investors, where each day of the week you receive innovative investment strategy and deadly accurate market analysis that's untainted by Wall Street and unblemished by government propaganda, all in seven minutes or less. Coming to you now from iTunes, Stitcher, and SDIRadio.com, here's your host, Brian Ellis. Hello, every single person out there in the vast, vast audience of Self-Directed Investor Talk. This show is the voice of the exploding self-directed investor movement in America, and I, your humble host, am the chieftain, the boss, the prime minister, the commander-in-chief, yes, even the supreme leader of said burgeoning movement. Whether you're hearing me by podcast, by radio, or even on one of the many websites who ruthlessly rips off this podcast each and every day, Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of record for savvy, self-directed investors like you. Now, before we get going, a quick note. If you'd like to learn how you can, how you can get access to cash credit of fifty dollars to $250,000, make sure you go over to sditalk.com slash credit and check out that information. You won't pay a single penny of interest for that capital. This is for real, folks. You're going to love what you see there. sditalk.com slash credit. Now, at the end of yesterday's episode of this show, the link to which you can find on today's show notes page at sditalk.com slash 246, I told you that today I'd tell you about the potential for solo 401ks that's built into the law and how to choose a solo 401k plan that maximizes that potential because all of those plans are not the same. But we're going to have to put that off for one day because... There's big news from last night that is really important for your portfolio. Because of that, this show is going to be a little longer than our normal seven-minute format. Hey, we might even get to a whopping 13 minutes or so. Who knows? (laughs) So the big news is that last night, President Trump made a nomination for the vacant Supreme Court seat. His nominee, Judge Neil Gorsuch, who currently serves on the U.S. 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. From an objective point of view, the guy's resume is pretty amazing, but that's not what we're here to discuss. Gorsuch will quite certainly be confirmed by the U.S. Senate, so we're going to analyze how his judicial philosophy will have a huge impact on your portfolio. And for those of you who are already bowing up on me because you know I'm quite conservative philosophically, hey, cool your jets. This has nothing to do with conservatism or liberalism. Judicial philosophy transcends those issues, and it will impact your portfolio. So let's be adults about this, shall we, and get the economic lesson and the warning out of it that I'm trying to convey to you. First, a brief civics lesson with a clear tilt to how this relates to investors. Here in the great United States of America, law becomes law when it's written down, approved by both the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, and then finally ratified by signature of the president. That's what creates what most of us think of as the law. Technically, this kind of law is called statute or statutory law. But what most people don't know is there are two other types of law that are equally powerful, regulations and case law. Regulations are an entirely different can of worms that we won't get into today, but we will focus on this one called case law. What's case law? Case law refers to judgments made in the past. 
So if two parties are in court to resolve an issue and one of the lawyers can find a similar past case that was decided in a manner similar to how that lawyer wants the judge to rule, then the lawyer will likely cite that old case to the judge in effect saying, Your Honor, this is how this type of case has been decided in the past, so let's be consistent and make the same kind of ruling here. Well, that's a pretty reasonable thing, I think. If a competent judge has made a ruling on an issue in the past and the same issue comes up again, then it's reasonable and an efficient use of time to apply that previous decision to the current dispute and render a similar decision. That also gives lawyers the ability to help you stay out of trouble in the first place. You consult with them about the thing you want to do, and they look to see if there are any past cases already decided, case law in other words, which shed light on how the law is likely to view the thing you want to do. Now, that's all well and good, but what happens when those previous decisions, the case law, is itself fundamentally corrupt? Well, here's a good hypothetical. Imagine that somewhere back in time, Congress passed a law that said that anybody who buys land is allowed to use that land any way they want to, as long as they don't hurt their neighbors. So based on that law, some guy named Bob uh, buys some land and he builds an office building on it. Then somebody sues Bob on the basis that they are being hurt by the presence of his office building. The judge looks at the case and decides that since the law, uh, the lawsuit against Bob is not actually being brought by a neighbor who is protected under the law, but by a competitor who is living in another state, well, the judge decides that Bob is completely within his rights to have that office building on his land. Now, this case, which we'll call Sore Loser versus Bob the Investor, at this point, it's now a decided case and permanently part of the U.S. legal structure and public record. So then in the future, you come along and you buy land, and being smart and careful, you call up your attorney and say, I want to build an office building on my land. Can I do it? So your lawyer researches your question and happens upon this case called Investor versus Sore Loser, and that gives your lawyer great confidence that you will be okay, so he advises you to proceed. Make sense? Well, case law is just a way to short-circuit the decision-making process for judges. In fact, in law school, attorneys spend very little time studying the statutes written by Congress, but a great deal of time studying case law, because it's case law that wins arguments. But again, here's the big question. That was a reasonable decision, but the big question is, what if in that case of sore loser versus Bob the investor, the judge had chosen to interpret the word neighbor? in some wishy-washy, cosmic, we-are-the-world sort of way, such that everybody is effectively Bob's neighbor. Well, Bob would have lost the case, and that's bad in and of itself. But what's worse is that decisions like that actually make the law less clear, less predictable. So when you call up your uh, lawyer later on to find out if you could succeed in putting an office building on your land, your lawyer won't be able to give you an answer other than, you know, who knows? It puts you in the position of dramatically increasing the probability you'll face legal challenges for your activities, which would put you back in court and back in front of those judges to make important decisions that affect your life. Well, this whole scenario is a pretty good example of the distinction between two judicial philosophies called originalism and activism. Originalism says the plain words of the law are the guide and the absolute limits of my ruling in any case. It's the job of Congress to create or change laws, not the job of judges to do so. Judicial activists say the law is a guide I'll consider, but if necessary, I'll subordinate the law to other factors, including my political beliefs, the legal system in other jurisdictions, social preferences, etc., so that I can arrive at a decision that I believe to be suitable. Yes, this is all still about your portfolio and last night's appointment of Neil Gorsuch to be the next U.S. Supreme Court Justice, so stick with me. This is really important. My friends, all of this comes down to one question. What are the rules of the game for whatever asset class you invest in? 
Because if you have originalist judges making decisions based on the plain text of the law, you have something that is essential to strategic decision-making. You have predictability. You know that if you buy real estate, you own it forever, as long as you pay your property taxes. You know that if you lease a house to a tenant, that tenant has to pay you as long as you comply with your commitments, too. You know that if a tenant doesn't pay you, you have the right to evict that tenant and pursue damages. You know those rules. They're clear. There's slight nuance to each case, but there's real clarity about the fundamental rules. And it's those rules, those guide rails that make it possible for you to make intelligent decisions about how to invest your money. And that's why everybody, whether you're a political conservative, liberal, or anything else, Everybody should be in support of judges who ascribe to the originalist philosophy. It's only that type of uh, philosophy that recognizes the law as written as an absolute and results in judgments and case law that create clarity for the future. But judicial activist judges believe it's both their, their role to first interpret the law if it's consistent with their worldview and second, to change the law by issuance of rulings based on their worldview, which is then citable in future cases as case law, which effectively overrules the power of Congress to create change and repeal laws. Again, originalism and judicial activism aren't themselves necessarily related to political philosophies of uh, liberalism or conservatism. It's more about whether the law as created by both the Founding Fathers and later by Congress will be interpreted and applied according to the way those words were originally written, or whether they'll be interpreted and applied totally arbitrarily. The law in question could be a conservative-leaning law or a liberal-leaning law. doesn't really matter. A judicial activist could be a liberal or conservative. That doesn't matter. could be either way. This is not a liberal or conservative issue. That's why, again, everybody should support originalist judges. That's the only way we have any confidence that laws our elected officials create will be honored. And it's the only way we we can have a framework that enables us to plan how we'll invest and to do everything else in our lives. So where does Neil Gorsuch, President Trump's appointee to the U.S. Supreme Court, stand on this originalist versus activist spectrum? Good news. He's firmly in the originalist camp. Quite firmly, in fact. In his acceptance speech for the nomination just last night, he made a really telling comment. He said, I respect, too, that in our legal order, it is for Congress and not for the courts to write new laws. It's the role of judges to apply, not alter, the work of the people's representatives. Now, that's, that's great in and of itself. But, the folk, folks, the part that really got to me was this. He continued by saying, a judge who likes every outcome that he reaches is very likely a bad judge who stretches for results he prefers rather than those the law demands. Do you hear that, folks? In this brief but profound statement, Gorsuch is saying clearly that even if it means making a ruling on an issue that's contrary to his own preferences, he'll issue rulings based on what the law demands rather than his own personal preferences. That, my friends, is exactly what wise investors want and desperately need on the highest court in the land. I, for one, am really very thrilled with this pick. I predict he'll be confirmed by the Senate, uh, despite being opposed uh, already, uh, irrationally so, by by the opposition party. And uh, that, despite the fact that this guy has an impeccable background, which includes degrees from Harvard and Columbia, and a PhD in philosophy from Oxford, uh, no less, just for good measure, along with his having served as a clerk for two different Supreme Court justices and his own experience as a U.S. appeals court judge in the Tenth Circuit. All of that 
and his judicial philosophy will make it more possible for you and me to know the rules of the game we're playing as investors, for those rules to not be arbitrary, to not have rules that shift under us based on the whims of whatever judge happened to address that issue most recently. That's what we need, folks. We need to be able to make wise investments based on rules that exist and are reliable. That's what we're going to get with Judge Gorsuch. Hey, sound off on this. You agree with me? You disagree with me? You vehemently disagree with me? Sound off. You can do that over at sditalk.com slash 246. Just leave a comment for me. Let me know what you think. My friends, invest wisely today and live well forever. Thank you for listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio with Brian Ellis. Don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe to Self-Directed Investor Radio right now on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at sdiradio.com. Your feedback is always welcomed via email at feedback at sdiradio.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as legal or professional advice for your situation. Content is the property of the Self-Directed Investor Society. 